this morning, I'm asking, what inspires us to practice? What moves us to return? together and on our own to be together like this, uh, to sit ourselves down on a chair or on a cushion. What is our curiosity? What's our intention? ask that question that Norman asks, what are we doing here? And I'm going to change that a little bit this morning just to ask what inspires us to practice. Some of us have been doing it for decades. Others have discovered the joys of it more recently. A year ago, in March 2020, I began and the Brahma subordinate of the four immeasurables with these words. Was on loving kindness and generosity, equanimity and compassion. We had no idea was ahead of us. Here's what I said. It's time to reimagine a new world, to envision sharing our common humanity, to envision how we can live in the deepest and most beautiful way possible. Living through this difficult pandemic will be very, very hard. More more difficult than we know at this moment. But what we stand for, what we attend to and nurture, is what we can do. What we stand for, what we can nurture, is what we can do. And in the end, Remember, we are limited awareness, all of us. Limited, timeless, unlimited. We are both ourselves and all together. Limited as an individual, perhaps, but very strong together completely unified together. I said that you were born a child of the spirit, 
And even now you can turn towards that awareness, even in the midst of so much unknowing and uncertainty that we had last March. And we can become the loving awareness that witnesses listening and feeling and reflecting. We can do that here in the Sangha. I think that was the last time we met in person in the church, the Presbyterian Church in Point Ray Station. Yesterday, Bing and I added the finishing touches to the podcast uh, assemblage that he made. Uh, Steve and Alan Frazier had worked hard together, too, to plan it. And my last task yesterday was to write a very brief description of the Heart of Compassion Zen Sangha. He and I cut most of the words to fit on the page because we didn't want it to dip below the more, that little thing that says more. I want to share with you what I did write. And I would have written a lot more. I said, our Sangha is a member community of Everyday Zen and the branching streams lineage of the San Francisco Zen Center. We meet together on Friday mornings, and our mission is to share the attitude, spirit, and practice of the Buddha's transformational teachings. Committed to compassion, our heart of compassion Sangha follows the example of the Bodhisattva Kuan Yin, she who hears the cries of the world. We join in solidarity with many others who are also hearing these cries, knowing that together we can be a remarkable force for transformation and liberation. We ask, what does it mean to be Kuan Yin in the modern world? What does it mean to be a Bodhisattva citizen someone who's willing to engage with society to help protect and awaken others. We're committed to compassion. We're committed to protect and accompany, whether in person or in other ways, those who need protection, those who are unsafe. In these last two weeks, we heard horrific cries of the world. Again, and it feels so hard to say all those who died in Atlanta without saying the names. And last week I said the names. And because there were so many more names today in Boulder, and I didn't know the names in Myanmar, I didn't say them. But I understand that there is something about 
hearing, for example, what I did yesterday, that in Sandy Hook, 20 children died. I thought, boy, I haven't thought of that in a while. And just the thought of 20 little beings being shot down. Imagine being those parents. And the teachers who tried to protect them too. The brave people who tried to protect them. The policemen in Boulder who ran in to help people in the grocery store. In Atlanta, the suspect told police that he had a sexual addiction. He carried out the shootings at the massage parlor to eliminate his, quote, temptation. He also said he'd frequented massage parlors in the past, and he launched the attacks as a form of vengeance. All but one of the victims were women. The racial prejudice that Asian Americans and Asian Pacific Islanders have had to endure in this country has been nearly invisible in some ways. If any of you have friends, family who are related to Asian Americans or Asian Pacific Islanders, you know that there is a quiet to their suffering and their visibility. Our teachers in Zen have inspired us, many of them Asian. Some of them today are of mixed heritage, carrying forth Dharma in ways that is medicine for people, is recognition and acknowledgement, which is what most of us would say is the great medicine to be seen and acknowledged and respected. In Boulder, there's no motive yet. And I heard yesterday that the people of Boulder are trying to take the focus off the shooter. They're trying to remember the people who were killed and their families. Ten people died there, buying groceries. On the U.S.-Mexico border, families and people who are called unaccompanied children, but who are often um, teenagers, 
two-thirds of them have been caught since October 1st of last year and held since then. They figure there are about conservatively 9,200 unaccompanied children. I'm looking at statistics here. Most of them, as I said, are teenagers, but hundreds are under 12. And they all walked through the desert, the Mexico desert, to get there. That is a very, very dangerous and challenging place. I have been there. Many of you may have been too. In Myanmar, security forces made up of police and military personnel launched a countrywide systemic crackdown that includes shooting peaceful protesters. And they have killed people and they've also begun again to disappear people. Right now, according to the UN, there are journalists, along with writers and artists, trade unionists, activists of all kind, who are being hunted and detained. They often are being caught in nighttime raids These are perhaps really low figures. And I just bring them up because it sometimes is incomprehensible to me what those figures represent. The individuals are human selves for any of us who have ever had uh, either illness or some sort of great strife, um, hunger, um, being lost. Any of us have known any of that. Um, it's, it's very hard on the nervous system. It's very hard to be out of sync with our well-being. So we had our practice intensive. It was very wonderful. And it was also illuminating to know about more of the climate catastrophes that were happening, about climate refugees, people on the move, and what we as individuals could do in our little homes, our attention to plastics, to how much we use paper towel, how much paper towel we use. How much are we driving? Well, this year it's been easier not to drive 
And we began to see that we were going to have to face a year, maybe. I remember saying to people, a year? You think it's going to be a year? Yeah. And as we studied Joanna Macy and began to find a, I think, very lively and deep connection with her teachings. Uh, many of us gave presentations at Sangha. And one of the poems that was written by our Sangha member, Ruth White, is this. Diving into an ocean of suffering, waves break hard, and my heart open to the pain and the moment. May I listen more deeply, more compassionately, knowing that generosity abounds. We live in an amazing world where voices sing, roses bloom, and deer walk into our lives. Let us forgive ourselves. Let us forgive others. Let us dig deep. Remembering the past and imagining the future. We can do better. We must do better. I loved this poem. I have thought of that line, we must do better often. I must do better. This week, the San Francisco Zen Center put out a statement about the the concern, they said, and acknowledgement and deep sorrow to the alarming surge of hate crimes against this week, Asian American Pacific Islanders and Asian Americans. In 2020, 3,000 reports of incidents against Asian Americans nationwide were recorded. 700 of those were reported in the Bay Area. We understand, they said, that these attacks are vastly underreported by the victims, often due to language and cultural barriers. In an earlier statement, I think it was 2016, there was a statement that many of us signed called Stand Against Suffering, a Buddhist call to action. And I was reminded of it as I saw the San Francisco Zen Center coming out with this statement that acknowledges at least stands 
says, speaks up for the rights of others and also for saying who we are as Buddhists. Buddhism doesn't allow, align itself with any party or ideology. But when great suffering is at stake, Buddhists must take a stand against it. A stand with loving kindness and wisdom, calm minds and courage. We follow the example of the Bodhisattva Kuan Yin hearing the cries of the world. And in this time of crisis, we, cry, we hear the cries of millions in our most vulnerable communities. We hear the cries of a nation whose democracy and social fabric have been at risk, are still at risk. Religious leaders and practitioners have always played a vital role in movements for justice and social progress, contributing their wisdom, their love, their courage and commitment to others. People of all faiths are needed on the front lines, resisting policies that will cause harm offering a new and positive vision for our country. I think that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to embody a positive, social, engaged Buddhist practice altogether. Facing the reality of what's going on, we, we realize that peacefulness, what many Buddhists are known best for is peacefulness, that it doesn't mean passivity. It doesn't mean non-attachment. It doesn't mean non-engagement. The wisdom of our teaching of interdependence is that we are bodhisattva citizens. We ourselves may have come here from some personal pain and suffering, and we may come back for that reason. But traditionally, the practice has always looked outward all beings as it has looked inward our being. We have to operate and live through political, economic, and social systems that cause suffering on a vast scale. We must employ our inspiration, our practice, 
to be the change. It's so important when just one person has the bravery in a difficult place, in a difficult situation, to say, I'm here to protect life. I'm here because my mission is loving kindness. Our Sangha practices compassion and that gives me inspiration. Thank you for listening to my talk.